obviously. Um, I'm a huge Caps fan. I always have been. And to be there at that game with my teammates and for us to bring, you know, our gold medals to to there and share it with everyone in this area was really, really special for me. And just the support and it's been tremendous from everyone in this area. And you could feel that there at that game. Welcome to Sports on the Hill podcast. Hashtag DC Sports Without the Politics with Carol and Robbie on True Radio Network. What's going on, people? CP3, live in the lab, Sports on the Hill podcast, episode 238, Washington Football Talk, preseason week two. Nationals talk went three and two, which was a great uh, relief after going zero and six last week. You know that sucked having to recap all of those losses, but we're back at it. We got Robbie G back in the lab. You see, we already got some of our infamous and famous panelists on there. We got Dujanay and we got Big Hurt because we definitely going to break down this Washington football team week two game. And Robbie G, how are you doing tonight, good sir? Uh, I'm doing great. I'm uh, excited to hear you guys break it down. I'm going to be more of a producer role in this first part, getting you know this shared out to a bunch of different groups, taking questions, and then maybe at the end I'll uh, ask some questions from uh, chat if we've got any, and I'll also give updates on this. Right now the Saints are crushing 14-0. Uh, the Jaguars early, um, still in the second quarter uh, in this live uh, game. I know it's preseason, uh, but uh, I'll break in if there's any big news in that game. Uh, but yeah, a big night for us. I'm happy to be back. And uh, I know uh, time is limited, but we've got a lot of great guests to start the show. So I'll let you uh, take it over from there. All right. All right. Big Hurt, how you doing, bro? I'm doing fantastic, fellas. How y'all doing? Man, we doing great, man. We doing great. Dujane, what's going on, my brother? How you doing, man? Doing great, man. Doing great. Living life, loving life, you know, all the good stuff. That's a beautiful thing, man. That's a beautiful thing. Let's go ahead and get into this Washington football talk. As I know, Kurt is, uh, has limited time tonight, so we're going to try to get as much uh, uh, great knowledge as we can before he has to get out of here. <clears throat> Washington football team defeated Cincinnati 17-13. Um, I'll go over the stats later because I want to get Hurts uh take on some of the things and see if he saw some of the things that I saw. Uh, Fitzpatrick, to me, seemed like he was just a little bit out of sync, maybe a little bit too hype, missing some of the uh, plays that we've seen him make. And they said he was making in practice. Um, Heineke, I felt like he played well, but he has to slow himself down and pace himself. There were a couple of times where you know, ball control issues and 
maybe not the best decision making, you know, with him like trying to make things happen instead of sitting in the pocket and showing that he can dissect the defense. And uh, Kyle Allen, he didn't really get a chance to do much but hand the ball off. So, uh, what was your take on the quarterback uh, situation? I know that was the, a lot of talk around Redskin Nation this past weekend. Well, this is this is unfortunately what we signed up for with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. You signed up for one week of John Elway and one week of John Beck. Of course, <laughs> he's not going to ever be as good as John Elway or as bad as John Beck, but he's not going to put together four or five great games in a row. He's going to put together one or two great games in a row, and then he's going to put together a game where he seems a little out of sync. That's just what we signed up for. But you know, the good games might be better than some of the good games we've been getting from everybody else. And that should be enough, along with this defense, to get us where we need to be. That's the hope. Um, one of the other things that I, uh, excuse me, let me adjust this camera real quick. One of the other things that I've noticed um, over the last couple of games is the defense seems to improve a little bit more every time we see them. Uh, after the first game, I was a little worried about the run defense because there were some gashes that we got. But this game, they seem to have closed that hole. Um, but as far as the quarterback play, as far as the quarterback play, that's what we're going to get from Ryan Fitzpatrick. One week on, one week off, if we're, if we're unlucky. Hopefully we get a couple weeks on before we get some weeks off. Heineke, like you said, he hasn't particularly put together a really good preseason performance. Um, he kind of some overthrows, like you said, some poor decision making. And Allen comes in, and Allen was very protected. Um, he made a couple of throws that. He allowed his receivers to make him look good. Um, I do expect to see Allen work with the second team in the next game. I do expect that because, you know, that's Ron Rivera's guy. And Heineke, in my opinion, with all due respect for what he did to Tampa last year, I don't think he's done enough to secure the QB2 position. It was his to lose. And I think he allowed this game to put it up for grabs. Um, I'm happy to see Sims go. And the only bright spot, one bright spot, not the only bright spot, the biggest bright spot for me was that Patterson showed it wasn't a fluke. Typically, when you have a guy who uh, has a great third and fourth quarter of the preseason, the first thing people say is, well, he's, he's running against people who are going to be Baggage handlers at the Kroger next week. So they got him some play earlier in the game against the one and a halfs and the twos. And he performs just as well. To me, Peyton Barber's job is in jeopardy. I think, I think before I said, you can't hide this guy on the practice squad. You can't hide this guy on the bench now. He's going to get some burn. And right now, He's your second running back. I don't see anything saying otherwise. Uh, I agree. I feel like uh, with Sims getting cut today, I felt like 
that Peyton Barber was going to be the other guy to get cut because I feel like Patterson has definitely earned his spot on this team and he, he's not going to clear weight with the folks in the practice squad. So he's basically played himself onto the roster, in my opinion. He's Alfred Morris. Alfred he, Morris came out of nowhere. He's he came Alfred out of nowhere Ford in 2012. He had a great preseason, and all of a sudden he was the starter. Yeah, he's out I know a little bit because of I dropped him from my fantasy league because I already <laughs> had RG3 and I didn't want to have too many Redskins. <laughs> Don't worry, I still won that year because I had RG3, but I could have had him and Alfred Morris. It was crazy. Yeah. But don't worry, I had RG3 and I had Adrian Peterson, one of the greatest fantasy football teams ever put together. <laughs> I wasn't in the league and I wish I was around to see, to see that team. Oh, yeah, that was that was Hertz House. That was before it was Hertz. They were still called the middle back then. That was like the middle number three, number four. But yeah, I had the, oh, one of the greatest teams of all time, RG3, Adrian Peterson, Drew Brees on my bench. It was crazy. <laughs> I feel you. Dujane, what is your take on the quarterback play that you saw this past weekend? Um, I don't know. Like, these guys didn't separate themselves. I mean, let's be real on that. Um, I, I'm, man, I, I'm almost not blaming a lot of this quarterback play. And I know we have the tendency to say, ah, oh, well, they're just running the vanilla offense and all this other stuff, right? But I'm going to try not to be too hard on, on uh, Scott Turner, but um, I'm going to blame, I'm going to start blaming this on the offense coordinator. And here's my reasoning behind this. They've had several quarterbacks, including Alex Smith. And y'all notice something that's, that seems to be eerily similar about this offense, all this talent. And yet the offense looks the same. Kind of lethargic, moves the ball really well between the 20s, has these mishaps every blue moon where it kind of has a hiccup. And they get inside the red zone. They can't put it in. I, I'm not, you know, Fitzpatrick, I know I know what Hurt was saying, and he's, he's right about that. There's times. But when you look in the last three years, he hadn't had any more than 13 interceptions at his highest. 13, and then there was a 12, and there's some single digits and in the last four or five years. He's about 60-some percent passer rating. Not too bad. And he wasn't even playing a lot of the games because the next guy all of a sudden gets put in, you know, when he has his Fitz magic movement, and then all of a sudden he has one bad game and, you know, the backup guy comes in, and usually it's a young cat. So it's understandable. But I'm, I'm really, from what I've seen, and I, I know it's vanilla, allegedly, Everybody else is running vanilla and they're moving the ball. I mean, look at the Saints here. Um, I, I'm really going to be hard. To get, Scott Turner got two weeks. I ain't giving him no more than two weeks in the regular season. Uh, we go, I was really going to tell the tale here when we get into this third preseason, preseason game. We'll get an opportunity to see if they can do a little bit better. I will say this, though. You guys are right. I felt Fitzmagic was a little off for whatever reason it was. He didn't look like he did in that first preseason game. Um, Tyler Heineke hasn't really seized the moment. You know what I mean? He hasn't picked up where he left off in that Tampa Bay game, and I would love to see him do that, but um, he just hasn't. Now, again, 
there's some hindrances, I believe, with this offensive coordinator and, and his play calling. But with that said, it is what it is. I agree with her, and I agree with you. That, that this, this Patterson kid, don't forget J.D. McKissick now. J.D. is playing hard. Oh, yeah. he, definitely, he definitely got a spot on this roster. He's definitely going to be the back. But I'm telling you, as a third guy, Peyton Barber, bye-bye. He does. It's over for you, son. Like, you will stand no chance of making this roster with uh, Patterson. I love Patterson. Um, he's 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 a little bit of, like, both. He can run between the tackles, but he also can can get out in space like, um, you know, like Gibson. So I like that about him. Um, it's nice to see, uh, you know, it's nice to see, you know, the tight ends um, and Logan Thomas you know, getting some balls and, and creating some plays for him. Uh, you know, John Bates has made some plays uh, at tight end. Um, you know, Ricky Seals Jones is, just looks like a shell. Like, you know, as big as he is, he should be doing a lot more, and he's not. Um, it's weird. I know they were taking a fly on him or whatever, but it's just weird for a guy that, that seems to be so talented to do so little. Um, let's see, Deami Brown. I'm going to tell you, Diami Brown looks like Terry McLaurin when he was coming out in his first year. And I really believe that he can mimic Terry in his trajectory if he continues to work hard. Um, uh, I really like him. Uh, I'll echo the sentiments of uh, Hurt Sims. You know, when you can't play special teams and you a liability on special teams and you got guys like Isaiah Wright balling. Um, there ain't no space for you. To be quite honest with you, I have a problem with Cam Sims too. And I know that's gonna hurt a lot of Redskins fan ceilings, but I have a problem with Cam Sims. Ben had a problem with him. The guy don't, he's not reliable when you need him to make a catch. The man drops balls and he fumbles at the most inopportune time, but throw him some wacky hard catch that only Odell Beckham can do and do makes one-handed catches like it's nothing and makes it look easy, but don't, don't, don't lob him no balls. <laughs> don't lob him anything. He's going to drop it big time. Um, I need him to improve period. I think the, uh, I mean, they see the potential in him with his size between him and Gandy Golden. They're the two biggest receivers on the team. Right. Uh, Gandy Golden, I feel like, you know, solidified and helped make that cup of Sims easier with the the two-point conversion that he caught. That's, that's what they were expecting out of him. And then the other play when he caught the ball and the turned that field. So I definitely feel that, uh, you know, they're looking at the upside and that's the, you know, guy that they drafted anyway. So right. it will be interesting. I really, uh, I really don't have an issue with the offense right now. I mean, they're moving the ball. They need to get points, granted. But, you know, this is a new new offense, new pieces in place. They still don't have Samuel out there. They, you know, you had different uh, offensive line guys out there trying to gain chemistry and get things together. So I'm not really pressing it right now. Uh, some of the play calls with Turner, I like some of them. You know, I don't like, but you're never going to be happy 100% of the time. No. They just got to definitely get into the end zone. But I feel like with all the weapons, once they get everything in sync and figure out, you know, the final roster, I think that, you know, that week before the game, they're going to be ready when they come out against the Chargers. I think the offense. Shouldn't be no excuses, man. Shouldn't be. Yeah, no I, I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be good. I think they're going to be all right. 
Now let's get to this defense with Big Hurt. Uh, what did you take away from this defense? You know, you mentioned how they uh, played better against the run. I mean, Montez Sweat and Ioannidis were in the game this time, so I, I knew that that was going to, you know, improve. Uh, they gave up that 90-yard, 91-yard run last week, but besides that, they only gave up 80 yards throughout the whole game. Uh, they gave it a total of 174, so you take out that 91-yard run, they really only gave up like 86 that game. They gave up 111 this past game. Uh, I feel like they would have been run fits were better, and uh, they definitely were more aggressive with uh, Ioannidis back in there. And uh, the shock to me was with um, having St. Juice and uh, Mattia out there on uh, starting against the Cincinnati Bengals uh, first string. And they played pretty well. I would love to see uh, St. Juice on the outside and Kenneth Fuller on the inside. I know we talked about that a little bit uh, on one of the shows we did previously. But what did you take away from this defense and their performance? Um, I didn't see the pop from Ioannidis that I'm used to seeing. And um, that was the first thing that stuck out to me is that, you know, he used to kind of like manhandle people. He's so strong. So he's such a bull. I didn't really see that from him. I saw the same things that we always see from Montez Sweat. I saw the same thing that we always see from Chase Young. Um, I'm, I'm having trouble remembering the middle linebacker we just drafted. You mean Davis? Davis. Yo, yeah, is that his name? Yeah, Jamin Davis. Davis. Oh, okay, yeah. I might have heard his name called a couple of times, but nothing that stood out. You know what I'm saying? Um, I just want to say real quick, going back to the offense, one thing I want to say real quick. The coach cutting Sims should be a message to everybody who thought that they were safe because they've been around for a while. That was, a, that was what bosses called a landmark fire. <laughs> you, you take an employee, you fire them, and it lets everybody know, oh, shit, I can be next. It, it can be any one of us. It, it, that was a landmark cut. And it, it, it sends a message. It sends a message like, yo, producer, you don't. AGG, he saved his job with some of those catches. But back to defense, back to defense. Um, I didn't see the pop from Ionitis that I would have liked. You know, pain looked good, but Ionitis, I don't know. I don't know. And we have a decision to make very soon because we can't keep Ionitis and pain and Montez Sweat and Shea Shum. We're going to lose somebody. Um, I'm glad we wrapped up Jonathan Allen for the price that we wrapped him up for. Um, but, you know, of those four, he was my third option. Really? Of those five. You know, number one is Chase Young, of course. We got time. Chase Young's number two, number one. Um, for me, Payne is number two, and then Montez Sweat. And you can get Ionitis for cheaper. That was my feeling. You can get Ionitis for cheaper. Well, see, yeah, I remember he already signed an extension. That's what I was looking up. He had the three-year, $21 million deal with a $6 million signing bonus. He signed that in – I think that was 19. It's not showing when he signed it. Basically, we got like another year or so of him. Yeah, so I mean – We got like this year and next year. Yeah, so I mean, with him, 
I mean, pain to me is a no-brainer. You, you got to keep pain. Sweat, I feel like Ioannidis, because when we talked about him when we first drafted, like you said, he was a he was a power guy with not a lot of technique. He uh, rounded into a all-around defensive tackle, getting sacked, stopping the run, developing that technique. But Deron Payne and John, I feel like Allen is more of a leader. And out there, he I mean, he does the dirty work. He might not get the sacks. He might not get the stop. But he's in there taking up those double teams sometimes and, uh, you know, causing havoc when he, when he can get a chance to get with the pass rush when they're in passing situations. But to me, I feel like, you know, with Ioannidis, you know, age being a little bit older, I feel like he would be the odd man out. They would find a way to keep settle and uh, maybe extend him on something and keep Big Tim settle. Yeah, settle. I, I like settle coming off the bench, man. I really do. I was also hoping that um, – I was hoping that Abke would have gotten cut because <laughs> I'm, I'm sick. At I'm, hmm? They said he's been playing pretty good at corner because, you know, he can rid it from uh, safety to corner. Yo, to he's the reason we lost. That, that, those, those 91 yards were his, bro. He didn't seal the edge. So if he's playing better at corner, that's cool. But I'm sick to death about hearing how fast he is. I don't <laughs> see it on the field. Yeah, I, I don't see the speed. I keep hearing about it. I'll never see it. So, you know, I, I'm really looking to see something from him. He should be playing deep into the game because he should be fighting for a spot. And I him see. playing corner, I don't know, bro. We got some good corners. Yeah. I, so I, I, I don't know where he falls in. I, I he's not really he special in. for special teams. He's not, for me, in the mix for, for, for safety, free or uh, strong safety. Like, you talking about putting him at nickel. <laughs> if there was something between a nickel and the penny, that would be him. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. He, he's not strong enough to be a linebacker. He's not fast enough to be a corner. He's not smart enough to be a safety. What are you there for? Yeah, they, they've been, the other reports that he's been having a decent camp. He's been looking good. But like I said, in the games, I mean, he had a, he didn't have a bad game this past game. And Danny Warfel looked great in camp. I saw it. Say what? Danny Warfel looked great in camp. I saw it. <laughs> he was awesome. He made that one throw that one time. Uh, I'm sorry. When uh, Danny Warfel was in camp, I still didn't buy it. I'm sorry. With that one with the glove on one hand and shit. No, nah, I couldn't buy it. I, I still didn't. Do it. So, yeah. Well, uh, it, it's, it's, it's great. <sighs> One of Jay Gruden's favorite lines was, oh, they had a great practice this week. We had a great practice because it was so rare for the Jay Gruden Redskins to have a great practice because, you know, a great practice was stretching while you're on Instagram and hitting the, and hitting the hockey table, you know? And I also want to point out, and I'm not even going to knock on wood, I want to point out the lack of injuries that comes along with proper conditioning. I've been screaming that shit at the top of my lungs for the last three or four years. Like, we're the most injured team in the league. Because we we're not conditioned properly. It's Camp J. It's soft-ass practices. You can tell in the middle of the first quarter when the guys on the sideline, yes. they're ill-prepared and they're tired. These guys are not that. They're conditioned. So you're not seeing those little hamstring pulls because you're trying to chase somebody down. It's the first time you've run all week. And you're not seeing these torn ligaments 
because it's the first time you're going to get somebody full speed on the defense and the offensive line. Like, that's where half the battle is. Half the battle is going to be won in the fourth quarter. And this team's already shown that we are a come-from-behind team. No pause. We are a come-from-behind team. And um, I expect that to continue. The defense is flying around, you know. Your boy's letting people know that he's not getting converted. He's not getting converted to linebacker, yo. Your man not going to linebacker. Yeah, Jason Wright's like, look at us flying around out there. Helmet. He was going for the, he was going for the fumble, by the way. He just missed the ball on that tackle. Yeah, it's a uh, – I think the defense is going to be ridiculous. Uh, I feel like the offense is going to be able to do enough because with Gibson and McClissick and now possibly Patterson, that's going to be a formidable backfield to deal with if Scott Turner can get the play calling, you know, put them in situations advantageous to their skill set. Because, like, he, he did a toss to Peyton Barber the other night. I'm like, really? That's a, one of the things that I hate. Like, you know, you have a certain game plan set up, but then you, no matter who's in the game, you want to still call that play when the personnel that you have in there isn't proper for it. And I feel like he yeah, did. That was that, that was that, that was that Jay Gruden shit. That was that. Exactly. <laughs> we're we're going to run the screen to the tight end. We're going to have the smallest <laughs> receiver on the field blocking a linebacker and we're going to have the tight end running the ball. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Uh, I don't know. Scott doesn't do that very often, but I did notice him do it a couple of times in this game. I'm just like, I think he was just showing like that Peyton Barber is not very flexible. He's not very fast. He's not as strong as you need him to be. It, you know, you know, coaches do that. Coaches, if if they don't like you, they're going to put you in the position. You know what I'm saying? They're going to take what you do the worst and call that play. And be like, look, 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 I told you. I told you. You know, let's put let's put RG3 behind the guy who was working at Walmart last week and have him run to the left side all game. You know what I'm saying? It's just coaches have a way of doing it. They can make you look great or they can make you look bad. But <laughs> – Peyton Barber just—I don't know, I don't know. He's—he's—he's he's, he's the fourth man right now. I don't know if we need four running backs, especially if we don't keep six uh, wide receivers. Yeah, I think you seven. Seven. Done. seven. Excuse me, seven. Yeah, yeah, I think he's pretty much done after Patterson has played the way he's played, and you see he can get those tough short yards. Like you said, he's like an Alfred Morris with a Barry Sanders with a little bit of Barry Sanders in him. So, yo, he finds holes where there are none. Exactly. It's like. You see that one where he hit the wrong hole and he squeezed between the tackle and the guard? I'm like, yo, there's no hole there. There's no hole there. He like he's like between their through. hips. <laughs> I'm like, dude, the hole was over there, but that's fine. Like, whatever. That dude is special, so I think he didn't play yeah. on the team already. Like, uh, if she's fine with you going in the wrong hole, and everybody's fine. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and he definitely went in the wrong one, and it was fine. <laughs> Hey, get in where you fit in, baby. Sometimes hey. the wrong hole is still the right hole. You never jammed in there. <laughs> All right, before this show gets off the rail. I'm Dude, sorry, yo. Look, look, look. It's almost Toxic Tuesday. I'm, I'm, I'm already doing my thing. But, yo, I do got to bounce. 
I heard. I appreciate it, man. You always uh, give a great interview and always drop some great nuggets when you're on the air, man. Uh, let the folks know about your YouTube channel before you get out of here, man. Yo, YouTube channel is Life versus Lymphedema. I'm not going to try to spell it. Just speak into your phone the word lymphedema. Life versus lymphedema is chronicling my journey battling lymphedema. Um, you'll see me sitting on the couch with a gigantic leg. Yeah, that's mine. Um, it looks like it has a butt cheek on it. It's just a leg. It's just a leg. And, um, you know, the more followers and subscribers I get, the closer I get to allowing my physical therapy office to get me some exclusive footage to help people who are afflicted by this or people like me who had it for years and didn't know what it was called. So um, I wanted to thank you guys for promoting that last week. Um, I definitely saw a couple of jumps from um, some of the places that Robbie put it out. And, um, you know, that's part of the reason I'm not doing the podcast this year because I'm focused on that. Good but stuff. I'm going to try to make myself available for more of these Mondays. Mondays is just a bad day. I know, bro. Mine too. I get all work at eight, got to race home and get everything set up for the show by nine. I know you got your therapy and everything. So, and yeah, I got the therapy. Nine. And then I got the, uh, my wrestling league does like fantasy scoring. It's like fantasy football for pro wrestling. I'm supposed to be keeping score of Monday Night Raw right now. Um, someone's going to see me on this. You know, I'm playing hooky, but it's fine. I'm going to catch up. DVR. I actually have it on. I have uh, WWE on right now myself. I Don't tell it. me what's happening. I paused it. All right, I came in here. So, all right, man, we appreciate you taking the time out, Big Hurt, man. I'll holler at you later on, man. Catch y'all later. All right, Redskins. <laughs> all right, dude, today, what did you uh, just so you know, real quickly, I, I did share uh, to um, my Twitch chat and I'll uh, share the link on the YouTube as uh, for the YouTube on uh, the Facebook. And we've had a very lively chat, Carol, even though that we haven't been able to share it, but I'll let you get Dujanay's thoughts. But then I want to bring in some of the, the people's uh, questions and things like that and, and their thoughts as well. Uh, but you guys break it down and then uh, I'll share uh, this uh, thing from Hurt on uh, both of them and then I'll bring in some of the audience. What did you take away from the defense's performance this past week? I felt like they improved. Like I said, with Ian Nitus and Sweat out there being able to stop the run and get uh, pressure, they only uh, allowed a total of 214 yards. So, I mean, I know it's preseason, keeping things vanilla, and their starting quarterback wasn't there. But, you know, you play who's in front of you, and they, they pretty much, you know, did their thing, you know, had the two first downs in the whole first half. What did you take away from the performance? I, I want them to slow down. Like, you know what I mean? They like in midseason form already. And I, you know, I, I'm no longer on this preseason don't matter. It does matter. Cause I mean, we see some of these habits over the years carry right on in the regular season and we see these same things going on. So what the defense is doing is incredible. Um, like Hurt said, they've improved, they improved and took another step up uh, in this particular game. I thought they were hitting on all cylinders. It's scary, man. Like, <laughs> it's, it's scary, man. What they're doing on that front seven is absolutely insane. And, um, you know, you can call it vanilla or whatever. I mean, these guys got to come out here and play uh, D, um, the offenses. People are fighting for jobs. So um, I'm not taking any of it lightly. We have in previous years and thinking it's, it doesn't matter. And then you get to the regular season and your defense is leaking like a sieve, just like it wasn't in preseason. So um, I like what I'm seeing. 
I'm hoping they put St. Juice as the 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 number uh, two out there alongside um uh, alongside Jackson, and then um you know move Fuller to the inside. Um, they just got so much talent. Like you still got Jimmy Moreland and <laughs> I mean, what you got you know Cam Curl and uh, I, I, Collins looks like he's just running on meme right now. Um, I'm hoping he can stay healthy. But uh, he's hitting well. He looks like, you know, he looks like the guy that they, you know, went to go and, and sign in free agency. Um, you know, even Bostics is, is playing a little better. But I, I think Davis has played well. I mean, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't like made any big plays. But I mean, it's kind of hard to make plays when your front seven is like swallowing up, you know, quarterbacks and forcing them to throw the ball quickly. Um, you know, we I've been preaching this for years and years and years. And I keep going back to Marinelli's defense with Dallas. They had no, and still don't have no secondary. <laughs> and they had uh, a front seven that got after it and it made their secondary look good. I mean, you're talking about a front seven that's talented, young, athletic, that's getting after it. And then you have guys that can actually ball in the secondary. Mm-hmm. Unlike your counterpart, Dallas Cowboys with no secondary still. So I like it. I like what I'm seeing from the defense. Um, it, I'm glad I'm not the guy that's got to make this cut. Although I, I was one cut I know that I can make, and that's Troy Apke. Bye. <laughs> I, I, look, that's that Jay, that's that Jay stuff. Jay liked that man, and that's cool. But I know he's from uh, you know, Penn State, but we are done, in my opinion. We are done. He need to be gone. But this defense is rolling, Jack. Yeah, the the, the depth in the secondary and the talent is a beautiful thing. We've always talked about, you know, how we haven't – I always talked about how we haven't had a true free safety since Sean Taylor passed away. Now you have several guys that can play that position and other positions to help disguise the defense. You know, you got Bobby – didn't even mention Bobby McCain. One of the quiet signings of the offseason, one of the top free safeties since we start, was starting with Miami, was a cap casualty. Then you got, uh, like I said, Cam Curl, second year, seventh round draft pick. We won a record last year saying that you know, once he got in the game, he was going to see him make a difference. Uh, you got Collins coming back, you know, early from a kid who's in the league, it only takes nine months. He came back from seven months and they said that he was looking like to be back in the Pro Bowl form of, like you said, when he signed that contract with us. And um, like you say, St. Juice on the outside, 6'2", 215, good wingspan, good hands. You know, he still, he turns his head to the ball, you know, when the ball's in the air to, you know, kind of help not get the pass interference call. Uh, you got Jackson. He hasn't really, in my opinion, shot this preseason, even though you really haven't seen him on the field much. And he had an injury in uh, training camp. But uh, it's definitely going to come down to him setting the tone with him being the so-called coveted cornerback in free agency. Uh, I feel like it's going to go through him. And then the rookie is going to, you know, be able to play off of that. And like you say, you got more than his slot. You know, he had a nice play. Could have been an interception, but he just batted the ball down. Um, Fuller in the slot, that's his – we all agree that that's his best position in the slot corner instead of outside corner. And uh, then you talk about the linebackers, Bostic. You know, he was out there making plays. 
Uh, Jermaine Davis is coming into his own. You have to remember he only had really one year starting in Kentucky. So, you know, that was on basically pure athletic talent. He still has a lot to learn in the game of being a linebacker. And, uh, you know, so he was overthinking the first game. But this game, they, they saw him attacking more and not thinking as much. So as long as you're seeing weekly progression, that's what you want from your first-round pick, especially from one that's, you know, limited experience in that position. Yeah. So I think uh, definitely have uh, a lot to be optimistic about. And then the special teams, I'm going to get your take on it because I, I, I've heard a lot of folks complaining about Dustin Hopkins. I've tried to explain just like Coach has explained over and over again about the new long snapper, that he snaps the ball, you know, with more velocity than um, Nick Sumberg, who had been there for 11 years and been with Tressway the whole time and Hopkins the whole time they had been in the league. So there was an adjustment period. So those two kicks that he missed the previous week, you saw that he had kind of like a hitch when he kicked it because the timing is off. But you saw, even though they were all under 40 yards, that – he made all three that he attempted this past weekend. So what is your take on the special team situation? Do you feel like uh, Hopkins isn't the guy to bring somebody else in? Or do you agree with what a uh, coach is saying that, you know, going, you know, getting three for three was good and improving steadily week by week? Oh, man, you're not going to like this take. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, coach got a point, but explain – Dustin been a liability for a while now. He's unpredictable and he misses the most. When you need him to make a kick, he misses it at the most inopportune time. It's the, it's the craziest thing. It's, and it's not the difficult stuff. It's the simple things. Go back and look at the tape. Coach can't lie about that. And they had continuity there then. So I get it. He made three. But I do not like the fact that there's no competition in here. Now, Giants got a young man that they look into uh, offload that can kick. Um, me personally, I guess I give him, I mean, you don't really need to bring the guy in right now. I mean, I don't know if anybody's going to go out there and snag this guy from the Giants. Um, but if he don't do well in this third preseason game, He's going to have to find a way to get some competition. Um, I, me personally, I don't trust him. And I, I hear what coach is saying, but I don't trust the man. And the tape don't lie from years past. And to, the fact that he's had these hiccups and there's no competition in here, I mean, that's a, that's a lot of trust, man. Everybody else got competition, but Dustin don't have no competition because I guess he done done so well. He hasn't, he hasn't done that well. He's made some... He's missed some big kicks in some moments. And I know folks ain't going to like it. You can boo me. I'm okay with that. Boo me. But the bottom line is, if it was me, I don't know. I can't trust that man. I needed to have competition in there. I'm not saying I'm going to let him go. I'm just saying should have been competition in there. Um, but he got this He got this preseason game to show me. If he missed some of these easy kicks that I can go find somebody that's sitting on the couch that can, that more than, that's hungry, that can make, and I'm not saying I'm going to want somebody off the couch. I want a reliable kicker, someone with quality. That's why I said this young man that the Giants are trying to unleash here, um, you know, is a guy that they should look at. But, um, yeah, I, I think Dustin's been a liability. And uh, I, I I hear coach, but I don't agree. Yeah, uh, I guess I'm more of the 
it's been a few years since he's been here, but I'm more of the I've seen this team cut many kickers because they had a rough stretch and they go off to be Super Bowl champions and Pro Bowl <laughs> for 14, 15 years, and we still searching for that kicker. So I mean competition though. That's all I'm saying. He coming here light, lightweight, just coming here, waltzing in here. Oh, well, I just gotta just gotta do my job. He ain't got no pressure on him at all. And he don't he ain't warranted not having somebody in here competing with him. I'm sorry. He just has it. In big moments, when the offense is done well and all they needed was three points because they couldn't punch it in, and it ain't nothing but a kick, but off the 35-yard line, and homeboy shanks it, and it goes right over the pylon on the outside of the pylon, and no good. Right when they need it. He's done it several times. He ain't absolved from competition. But apparently he is. But I'm sorry, he is not. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of with you, Dujane. Real quickly, I just wanted to bring in a couple of the comments from the viewers. So I really appreciate people for uh, tuning in. Uh, Eric has been commenting this entire uh, thing and agreeing with some of the stuff that you guys take and disagreeing with others. Uh, But he was saying, "How many college kickers in America need a chance?" Right. So like (laughs) you know, so like there, I do kind of agree that there should be some level of competition at every position in in football. Um, And uh, so you know, he was talking about. Uh, the running back stuff. So he's been really following along. So I really appreciate it. I'm frustrated. Facebook is uh, now a new rule. You can't share it to more than 10 groups while you're live. So Facebook continues to uh, go down in my book. I will give a quick shout out to Twitch, which I think is a lot better platform. Uh, So uh, shout out to true no spots pod for being on Twitch and making that move. And, you know, Carol and I have been talking in the past. We may have to make a move at some point. (laughs) Yeah, Facebook is trying to piss me off. So, you know, and they're already suppressing it. So I don't really feel bad speaking out on them at this point. So, like, it's uh, it's getting a little ridiculous. But I really appreciate it for the people breaking through the algorithm, finding us and uh, commenting and uh, being a part of the show. Um, and uh, so I think you guys have had a, a great breakdown so far of a lot of different things. And I, I agree with all of it. Like, I want to see more from all the different position groups, but I don't want them to push too hard. You know, it's not that important, but you know, we got a rough schedule to start the season. Yeah. I was taking a look at it. Um, You know, we play a Thursday fall, you know, after a Sunday, very early on, you know, which is going to be brutal. So I think, you know, I don't want to look too far ahead, but the reality is usually the fourth preseason game, you don't see as many, uh, of the you know star players what happens now when you take a preseason game away how much of you know these starters will we see in this next week you know how much will we you know is it just to cut people uh, that's gonna be interesting for me next week and then uh you know what do we do and how do we get ready for this sort of gauntlet to start the season so i mean those are sort of the, the topics i want us to break down towards the end of this segment but you know it's something to, you know that i was at least noticing and you know i think we did okay against Cincinnati, but I don't know if I learned a ton, you know, uh, you know, in, in this game for at least the parts that I did see. So, uh, but Dujanet, what, what are some of your thoughts on, um, you know, who do, will we get to see in the next game and, and how do you deal with uh, having a Sunday followed by a Thursday very early on in the season? So this is interesting because I thought this previous game against Cincinnati was not going to be a dress rehearsal game. And it seems like they almost treated it that way. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought this third preseason game would be the dress rehearsal. So we could end up seeing a reverse of 
not so much the starters as it's these guys that, uh, you know, looking to see if they really are or truly are guys they want to keep. And some guys that they may have on the fence um, are going to get to work this week. Um, I don't think you need to – the starting defense has done enough. Like I, like, I, like I was saying earlier, those guys are in midseason form already. Let's let's pump the brakes. We don't want them to get too hot too quick. <laughs> we need them to come out the gates firing, but we don't need to expend everything in preseason, okay? Um, but they look really sharp, so I'm really happy about that. And they also look good as far as their depth is concerned, especially in that front seven rotation. They have so many people they can choose from, so I really like that. Um, how do you combat that Thursday to Sunday, or you said the Sunday to Thursday? Um I think it's just, I think like Hurt said, I think they're already doing that. Um, you know, actually, and I, you've heard the, the veterans talk about this on their respective shows um, in previous years. It's about getting lathered up, getting that, uh, getting that conditioning, uh, getting your body conditioned to be hit. Um, and that requires uh, a, little, a little bumping, um, a little hitting in practice. And they've been doing that. Um, and, you know, just like Hurt said, they, there's not these uh, massive injuries of guys going down looking like they've been shot with a BB gun, um, you know, in the middle of the field and these no contact injuries. Not saying we're not going to experience injuries, but you don't see these catastrophic injuries happening in preseason to your top guys because they're not lathered up and they're basically their practices are, are glorified walkthroughs. You know, they're going through two walkthroughs a day. I mean, they're actually getting after it and working. And I think the preparation throughout the mini camps and OTAs up through this training camp, I think is huge. And I think will pay dividends. Uh, you can see guys are very well conditioned. I don't think you see guys hunched over, um, you know, breathing hard, looking like they need to tap out uh, after being out there for, you know, four or five, you know, four or five consecutive uh, plays as an offense marches it down the field. Um, I, I like where they're at, and I think that's what's going what it's going to come down to. Uh, their conditioning and their preparation now will help them, especially since it's early in the season like that. It will help them uh, be able to combat that and be able to give a uh, quality effort uh, in this early season gauntlet, uh, especially with that kind of a schedule like you talked about that that Sunday to Thursday, uh, you know, transition. Yeah, because Carol, I, I just want to like dig down a little deeper on this. So like we start against the Chargers on that first game and then we have to play the Giants. Now, both of them are at home, but that also means that early on in the season, we're having their back to back homes, which means there's going to be times where there's more road games down the line. So these are some crucial games, you know, one against a division rival, um, you know, and. Uh, the Chargers, I think, you know, I did a, a show on the Leon Lounge where I reviewed all the teams in the NFL, which really made me rack my brain to try to think of all the, the you know, and how they'll do in each division. And I kind of thought the Chargers weren't going to do so well. That was my gut feeling. So if that's the case, you got to jump on one of those teams early, especially then, you know, the Giants are always going to play us tough. I, you know, I'm not so sold on the Giants either, but like they're still a division rival and they're still going to want to take advantage of, you know, jumping on the road and, and doing that. So Carol, how do you deal with having those two early home games that I don't want to say are must wins, but like if you want to do something this season, those are some of the wins you got to get. No doubt. I got the team going three and one in the first four games. So 
I got him getting off to a good start. The Chargers, new head coach, young quarterback, transition. I feel like the defense is going to be the dictate the pace. And like Dujanay said, for the turnaround on Thursday, it comes down to conditioning. You know, they've been you know working all summer. You know, we actually had preseason games, actually had training camp, you know, live, you know, live practices. So last year that was an issue because they couldn't do it. Now I feel like, you know, at least they're doing it early this year. If they have the quick turnaround and they should be, you know, in good shape and in good form to make it happen. And then with the depth that we have, you know, they should be able to rotate players and, and still keep the consistency of the offense and the defense. So uh, it's just part of the game right now. You know, most folks have to do it also. Unfortunately, we have to do it the first and second week of the season. But uh, I feel like they'll be fine. You know, we got coach, you know, preparing these guys. He knows how to run a professional NFL training camp and, you know, be a real <laughs> NFL coach, unlike the, you know, previous guy that was here. So um, I'm, I'm not really too concerned about the, you know, the quick turnaround with it being, you know, early in the season. But, yeah, the first four games, I, I have to watch the football team winning three. The only loss I had is them going to Buffalo. I just feel like, you know, that might be, you know. I had Buffalo winning that division when I reviewed that division. So I, I agree with that assessment. Buffalo is a tough out. I think they're going to be one of the best teams in the AFC this year is kind of how I'm thinking it's going to shake out. So I think that they really set themselves up really well last year. And I think they could build on a lot of that momentum. And I think that they could be a very, very dangerous team. So I, I definitely, they're not the bills of the old for sure. So no, a lot of offensive weapons over there, the quarterback is uh he's got a gun and he's very mobile so um and i like their defense so yeah i agree with you on that robbie yeah um so carol what what do you see out of this next preseason game what are you looking for uh in uh you know because i know that we're, there's a debate you don't want people to get injured especially with these early back-to-back games but still you have to evaluate some talent so what are some of your thoughts on that yeah i'm i'm thinking with the way the offense looked, I'm thinking the coach might put them out there for maybe a series or two. And then, like you said, uh, have Heineke and Allen play out the rest of the game to see who, you know, get that backup spot. Uh, Allen's been hampered by, you know, aggravating the injury from the ankle that he had surgery on. Heineke, as I mentioned, you know, the week before, he uh, was taking a little bit too many chances. This week, he had a little ball control issues, luckily. He didn't, you know, lose the ball, you know, turn the ball over with one of the fumbles that he had. But uh, he's steadily improving, but I feel like he needs to slow himself down, and that's where Fitz has the advantage. Uh, you know, being patient, being an older quarterback, and, you know, letting things develop and, you know, not so eager to break the pocket. He'll sit there and, you know, find the open man when the blitzer is coming, and he'll take that hit, you know, and deliver the pass where it's supposed to be. Uh, like I said, the last three years, he's definitely improved and his QBR and his quarterback rating and his performance on the field. So uh, I'm not really too concerned about it, but if he does fall to, I feel like Heineke, once he get into the game, you know, he'll be fine. I think that he's, uh, you know, pressing it, trying to show that he can be the guy because it's the first time he's been into a, a season with actual job security having a two-year contract now. So he's in a different mindset. He's trying to make things happen and show that he can be the guy. But uh, I think it's all going to work itself out. You know, sometimes, you know, it takes a little, you know, little time to, you know, fine tune the small things to get everything right on the on the on the on the team to get them to that level where they're ready to make that run to the playoffs and 
championship run. We've seen it with a couple of other franchises in this area, and we're hoping to hopefully see it from the Washington football team. Yeah, real quickly, um, Eric has got some good points. Uh, he thinks bench the whole starting front 7D for the third game. I think we've seen enough for the D. I think you really try to see who are those extra players for the most part and really try to give those extra ones extra reps in, you know, in case that they really need to get them in at a later time. And then uh, cruise to the division at the end. And I wanted to bring this up with Dujene. I know I've brought it up with Carol in the past. What are your thoughts on the fact that Washington football team has to play so many divisional games at the very end, more than I think I've ever seen in any schedule ever? Uh, you know, it's it's kind of crazy when you look at it. Uh, I've never have you ever seen a schedule constructed that way? And how do you think that that will change the dynamic of a season? No, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. But, you know, they do everything they can to the Washington football team. This, you know, this league don't like Washington, period. That's how they structure the schedules. You see it, you know, this team has ha had dead, <laughs> ugly losing seasons and end up with first place schedules. So <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know. But now with the with them playing these teams down the stretch, I think it makes for great football. Um, you know, I, I think there's going it's crazy to that the other teams in the division aren't playing all the other ones though themselves, right? It's exactly. just just the Washington football team going through the gauntlet. I was exactly. like, that's so crazy. Cause I was like, when I first looked at the schedule, I was like, oh, they're gonna just do that for all the teams, right? That makes some sense. Just put a lot of division games at the end of the season, adds to drama. I'm okay with that. Why did that only happen to one team though? That is beyond me. And it's like people are gonna be like, you're a conspiracy theorist. I'm like, there was only one team schedule that looked that way. It's so strange to me. Like, yeah. It's like they said, <laughs> all right, if they can get through this and they get, if they get through this and they're in a, they're like they were last year, then we go to this division gauntlet, at least it'll make it for great football. And uh, if they can get through that and make it to the playoffs and they deserve it. <laughs> I mean, it's like they I saw mean, we won the division and gave us a handicap for it. Right. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. It's bad. It's bad, but I think it's going to make for great football. It's really going to be a test for this football team. Um, and I really do, uh, you know, I, I can't put them number one in the division right now, but I definitely believe that they're number two. Um, I, I have the Eagles being the better team coming into this, uh, you know, coming into this season as the, you know, the better team in the division, just, just because of quarterback play and what uh, Jalen Hurts brings um, to the table. Um, if I could trust and really know exactly what I'm getting out of the quarterback play in Washington, I'd probably would put them number one, just based on defense alone. Um, and that's, and, and it's really not, not that much of a difference. It's, it's just, you know, I have them too. Uh, I don't even know why we're talking about Dallas. I've been saying that over and over again, um, that the secondary is trash. It's been trash for 25 years and that's how it's going to be. Um, I can't trust what they're doing on offense um, and their coaching staff. I mean, really, do you trust Dan Quinn and, and Mr. 23 to three running your defense and all of a sudden you you're, you're Super Bowl bound and you should be talked about and, Spaces about winning a champion, uh, winning a division title. I don't think so, man. It, is Dak is Dak Prescott even going to play? Like, there's talk. That I read that he might even play this season. I think they're protecting him. I do think there are some issues, but I think his arm is bothering him because he's overcompensating for the ankle issue. We all know you have to be able to step through, throw. It's the whole base has to be there, or otherwise you're wearing out 
your arm to compensate for a base that is not really that strong. Um, and I'm just thinking that's what he's going through right now. I think he'll play. I think they're protecting him right now, and we'll see how it goes. Um, you know, the Giants, all I got to say is Daniel Jones. I understand they got got defense, and they have some talent, some young talent on defense, but I, Daniel Jones, bottom line. Um, and as much as he throws interceptions, um, he, he ain't any different. Um, can't even think of his name now, now uh, play for the Colts, but um, – you know, he's an interception machine. And if you're going to throw interceptions in a regular fashion like that, uh, you can't win ball games against great defenses. So I don't even know why people are even talking about even looking at them as being, they're not going to be last place, but um, I don't, at, at this point, I don't, I think they're third. So um, I think Washington has a good shot. It's going to make for great football down the stretch though. And uh, you know, if they get, if they win a division, they, they, they're going to sure have earned it. Um, you know, winning those divisional games uh, down the stretch. And I believe most of those division games are on the road. So, yeah. yeah. Kara, real quickly, do you believe in the Giants offensive line? Because I feel like that's going to be the difference on whether or not that quarterback can get settled and get into his throws. <laughs> well, he didn't have Barkley last year for most of the season. So I think they're going to rely on Barkley, uh, wheel routes out the backfield, screens, letting him get his hands on the ball trying to take some of the pressure off of Jones now with the Giants, you know, very much unknown wide receiving core. You know, they don't have Packham, don't have Shepard, don't have all the flashy guys they had before. So I think they're going to be more uh, trying to use Barkley as much as they can as long as he's healthy and then not rely on him as much to, you know, make those boneheaded interceptions like he's been throwing. So I'm thinking that's their logic. And I haven't really focused on their offensive line, uh, so I'm not really – know you know how good or bad they are but I know that I can feel they definitely want to lean on Barkley with him coming back to basically you know try to take the pressure off of Jones so he doesn't make these boneheaded excuse me mistakes uh Philly I know it's preseason but you know getting shut out by the Patriots you know uh I'm not even sure who their head coach is now I forgot who they got after getting rid of Peterson uh Hurts uh I feel like he can make some plays, but being young, I didn't follow him in college. So, you know, this is just my opinion. Nothing behind it. But, uh, you know, he's going to have some hiccups, especially with, when he plays the Washington football team with the front that they have. That they're actually – now we have enough talent where if we need to actually spy a quarterback, we can spy a quarterback, and they will be able to make the tackle. So, it's, it's – uh, I think it's the Washington football team division to lose – uh, so what they did last year with no preseason, you know, the first four games was up and down. And uh, once they got their rhythm, you know, they went on a little streak and was able to win the division. So I think that these preseason games is going to help them get off to a, a, a better start than last year. And he can just get Fitzpatrick just to not turn the ball over and allow this defense to do what it does. I think, uh, like I said, I think they'll be 3-1 and one in the first month of the season. Yeah, uh, I, I I agree with that assessment. Um, so let's uh, give our final thoughts on the fact that we're playing the Ravens. And the Ravens, I believe, have the longest win streak in preseason uh, games. Uh, so it's unlikely to beat them. Um, so how do you play this game? You know, what do you want to see from it? I'll start with you, Dujanae. And, um, and what are your thoughts going from that into the season? Well, it depends on whether 
Rivera has his mind made up on who's starting and who's not. Um, personally, I agree with what Carol said before that was my thought process. I want to see the starters to come out. Um, they need to put together a solid drive and put the ball in the end zone. Um, if they can do that, um, then you can come out. Um, say I'd say a couple series, but it depends on how it looks. Um, after that, though, I, I don't want to see any starters, no front seven, no starting front seven um, on defense. Um, you know, you're just trying to fill your roster out now, but you do want to, I think you do want to see something, uh, leave them, let them, let the starting offense leave on a good note. Um, and then you can take a look, see who's your backup going to be. And, um, you know, I, I think Peterson is, I think uh, Patterson has already played his way in. So you're just trying to round out guys now on wide receivers, tight ends, things of that nature, backup offensive linemen, try to get a uh, decent, see what kind of combination works there. Who's working well in, in either spots. Um, you know, this is a field out game, um, especially since they went dress rehearsal in the second one, which I thought it would have been the third one. So um, that that's my thought process on it. Um, I don't, you know me, I don't ever worry about wins or losses in preseason. I'm looking at other things. Um so that would be my thought process in that. Just want to try to get out clean uh, with no injuries and uh, get ready for week one. Definitely agree. Definitely agree. Uh, Baltimore does have a 19-game winning streak in preseason, which is an NFL record. Just because it's Baltimore, I don't want them to watch the football team to win just to break that record. But uh, like they said, I would love to see the offense go out there, actually get six points. We've seen them make some plays. We've seen them – have flashes, but we haven't seen them put the ball in the end zone. So I think we could uh, hopefully see the offense be out there for like a series or two, get the ball in the end zone, and then let the backups go out there or potential backups and see who's going to earn a spot on this team uh, on all phases, offense, defense, and special teams. And uh, I just say just get ready for week one versus the Chargers at home. Uh, we'll be doing a pregame and a postgame for that as always. So Football season's right around the corner, but I'm hoping to see some, uh, you know, improvement week by week, like we always want to see, even during the regular season. We definitely want to see it in the preseason also, because that's what sets the tone for the regular season. Absolutely. And, uh, DJ, I just want to let you know, I made a brand-new command over on uh, our Twitch channel called uh, uh, Exclamation DJ, and it says, uh, it's so great to have Dujanae with us tonight. You can check out his podcast, and I put your podcast link and also that where you write your articles. So now uh, you are officially a command on my Twitch channel. Uh, <laughs> so um, I know that you like Twitch. So uh, And uh, thanks, Car Carly, for modding and uh, True No Spots podcast. Uh, Champ himself is there. And uh, I know uh, Dujanae both and I both love all the wrestling coverage. I mean, he had so much wall-to-wall -wall wrestling coverage on that channel. Um, check out the VODs um, again over at the uh, True No Spots podcast. I'll give it a shout out over there if um, if people want to check it out more. But uh, yeah, he, some great work, some incredible matches uh, this week. I didn't actually have the pay-per-view, so I got to live vicariously through you guys all hyping it up. And uh, so that was a lot of fun. So uh, and I know that he's got stuff. So you can always check sports.thp.com, podcast partners, as Dujane and um, you know Champ on there, so I just wanted to give a quick little shout out in the middle of our show. Not not that it's over yet, but like uh, that I love what you guys are both doing, and uh, so I'm a, appreciative that you guys are all part of this network together, and uh, we can all uh, 
rise up and even if facebook tries to suppress us i know that this is the best content around you know we'll see how many people see it but you know that's not the important thing i've always told my students be proud of the work that you put out and i'm proud of what you guys do and i'm proud of what we do here and uh so i know that bigger and, and better things are coming regardless of this, if these big corporations try to keep us down thanks man i appreciate that i really do thank you oh. All right, Carol, I know you wanted to talk some stats. Do you want to talk any more stats before we're out of here? Or are you? No, no, we go. Ain't no reason to go. It's preseason. After the regular season, yeah, I run it down. But it's preseason, pretty much covered it down what to look for. And we're just ready for some regular season football. So you know, go ahead and wrap it up. Dujanay, let the folks know what you got going on besides the football. I know you got the NHRA racing and everything going on and all but some other stuff. Let the folks know. Yes. So if you are an Apple subscriber, um, I suggest you go over to and find uh, in your Apple store, the Ghostcast app. Um, you will find the Not Bland show there. Uh, that is where I do that show. And there's a new show up uh, talking about the NHRA Brainerd Nationals, the Lucas Oil Brainerd Nationals uh, that just happened this past week. Some wonderful action going on over there. Um, they have one more race coming up, and that is the U.S. Nationals. That is the granddaddy of them all. That is the one that everyone wants to win. They will trade in a season victory, the big championship trophy for one of these trophies. Um, this will wrap up the regular season, and they will be getting into the seven-week playoffs called the countdown here soon. So just talking about recapping that. Uh, so check out that show. Of course, the breakdown of myself and Karita Parks. We should be back next week, right before we can start talking about the regular season, uh, looking at some uh, Washington football team. We'll talk some Jacksonville and uh, Saints as well. Um, and just yeah, football in general, um, we're going to talk some mystics. So we'll have that coming up. I am not in the mood to write articles, so you haven't seen any yet. You haven't missed anything, but I will be throwing together something soon. Uh, you can find all that work at sportsjourney.com you can also find this podcast the breakdown over there as well as well where robbie said he put up the link on sports OTHP, which i greatly appreciate um follow me at not bland 21 love talking shop with you guys and as always carol robbie appreciate it man really do um and i'm back in the saddle again man this is going to be a thing i'll be on this show every now and then a little bit more consistently now that we're getting into football so it's nice to be back. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited and I'll just be honest, you know, I will be taking a step back in a couple of weeks, you know, with the, the new one coming on. So I really appreciate you, Dujanay, for you know mixing it up with Carol. And I know that even in my absence, you guys will talk football and I'll try to jump in and, as much as I can. But I know that at least you guys got it covered. And I, I appreciate that greatly. Uh, it's a big uh, burden off of my shoulders as, you know, I have these ever great changing life uh, that it, right in fold in front of us. So, uh, but thank you so much for your time. I mean, over an hour today, and uh, I look forward to having you back back on uh, when the regular season starts and whenever you have the time. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, man. Y'all have a good night. All right, we get ready to switch gears. Get ready to start talking some Nets baseball and uh, go read through the week recap. Just uh, bear with me. I'm trying to get fancy over here. Going to change my background on Robbie's Zoom feed to... Nice. I like it. 
Yeah, trying to you know, trying to get a little fancy, do some new things in season six, you know. Yeah, there you go. We always say we try one or two new things every week. That's how you get to 238 weeks of shows, right? So yeah, all right, we're gonna do a quick recap because uh we weren't expecting to go as long in the football talk, but you know, like you say, football season is right around the corner, so nothing better to do but talk some football. Uh you know, now as baseball fans, we're just pretty much waiting for the season to be over as Nationals fans. Currently, the team is sitting at 53-70, and 70, fourth in the East. They're currently on a two-game losing streak and are 3-7 and seven out of their last 10 games. Uh, but last week, they were actually able to put together a three-game winning streak after going 0-6 uh, last week and 1-6 the week before. So, uh, you know, the week started out pretty well. They had a two-game series versus Toronto, which they swept. And they had a three-game series against Milwaukee, which they won one out of three. And um, it was, yeah, last two games of the series, you know, weren't, weren't too good to look there for a next uh, fan. The first game, let's go ahead and get to the, the good before we get to the bad. The uh, first game of the Toronto series was a 12-6 victory by the Nationals. Uh, that ended a seven-game losing streak. Eric Fetty earned the victory. I put him at five and eight. He went five innings, giving up five hits, three runs with four strikeouts and three walks. Uh, Alec, I'm going to try to pronounce his last name. But Mahana, I'm going to try to say, I think that's it, probably not. Uh, he dropped to five and two. He lasted three innings, giving up six hits, uh, two runs, no, Six hits, six runs. I'm sorry, seven. No, seven runs. Six of those earned. Couldn't even on my hand, my own hand, right? With uh, two strikeouts and a walk. Uh, Yadier Hernandez went two for three with the solo home run and a two-run RBI single. And Riley Adams went three for four with the solo home run and a two RBI double. Uh, the second game of the series that completed the sweep was the eight to five victory. Uh, by the Nationals, Mason Thompson earned the victory. I put him at one and one. He went two thirds of an inning, giving up no hits, no runs, but a strikeout and no walks. And our good old buddy Brad Hand took the loss, who had just got traded to Toronto, who I felt like should have been on the Nationals roster in the first place. But he took the loss, dropped him to five and seven. He went two thirds of an inning, giving up two hits, three earned runs, with no strikeouts and a walk. And Kyle Finnegan earned his fourth save of the season, going one and a third. Giving up one hit, no runs, or one strikeout, and no walks. Uh, Juan Soto went one for two with three walks with a three-run home run. Ryan Zimmerman had a pinch hit RBI single, and Josh Bell went one for five with a three-run home run. Uh, it was a uh, you know after you know having a seven-game losing streak, you didn't know what to expect against Toronto. You know they've been playing some good ball. They have one of the you know young core teams that you know have a lot of talent. Uh, Brian talked about their uh, roster with a lot of uh, sons of Hall of Fame and uh, all-star players uh, on their squad. So I was definitely uh, pleased to see them sweep Toronto, especially. Yeah, I just don't understand this, Carol. Like, we lose to, like, the worst teams. We lose in all these situations. We get rid of all these players. But Toronto's not a bad team. We're able to beat them. It's just, like, it's so frustrating, I guess. You know, as, as a Nats fan, you just don't know what to expect. You know, it's all about consistency, and right now, you know, with 
some of the players, but some of the players after, you know, I haven't been watching as closely when football even started. But it was some players that when I was watching the game, I didn't know who the hell they were. I had to go to the app and see what they really who they were. A guy named Lane Thomas was playing in the left field. I didn't know who the hell he was, but a couple of games he got some hits and you know got an RBI triple in the game I'm about to break down. So there's a lot of young talent and being consistent. The pitching hasn't been there um, that we're used to, you know, especially now with Mad Max gone, you know, Strasburg out for the season, Corbin, we thought we could rely on him, but you know, this year hasn't been a good year for him. Uh, Control-wise, he's been giving a lot of home runs and a lot of walks. And, uh, you know, you still got uh, Ross, who's still young, still finding his way. They got Josiah Gray from the Scherzer deal. He's been, you know, looking promising, you know, with his uh, few starts he's had with the team. So there's some room to grow. And, you know, we're going through the, you know, lull that we had to go through before, but hopefully it won't be a, as a long turnaround before they get back to the playoffs and being in the World Series contender uh, conversation. Uh, the Saints just scored a touchdown. Uh, you know, it, was, it was a really nice drive, a 14-yard touchdown reception, uh, 127 uh, left. Now they've just kind of dominated this game. It was nice kind of a route. It was a little bit of a push-off, but it wasn't called. They're sort of letting them hand-check it. Uh, so... Um, that's Hill, right? Number seven. So, uh, yeah, he's playing pretty well. Um, and uh, we have an interesting situation down there with Drew Brees retiring, Tyson Hill, and uh, Winston. Winston, yeah. So, Winston started. Oh, he just missed the extra point. Anyway, I was going to say that, that was going to be 24 3, but it is 23 to 3 with 127 left in the third. Yeah. That was not that was not pretty at all, but uh, man, that's so tough to defend when they're like letting them hand check and push off a little bit like that. I mean, I get it. I, I like the the scoring in the, in the game, but like as a defender, I don't know what you do in that situation. You know, the offensive guy is you know taller, bigger, stronger, and able to give a little bit of a extension. You know, it's, yeah, it's a, a little bit of hand fighting sometimes. The rest let them let them play. But you know it's catered to the offense anyway, so they're going. They're not going to call offensive pass interference quicker than if they call defensive pass interference. We already know that. Yeah, exactly. So, but anyway, yeah, let's go ahead and get to these uh, last three games of the week versus Milwaukee. Uh, the first game was a four-one victory by the Nats. Uh, Corbin earned the victory that put him at seven and two. This is one of his best outings of the season. He went six in the third. Giving up three hits, one earned run with seven strikeouts and no walks. Brett Anderson took the loss that dropped him to four and seven. He uh, went five in the third, giving up five hits, three earned runs with three strikeouts and three walks. And Kyle Finnegan earned his fifth save of the season, going one inning, giving up no hits, no runs with a strikeout and a walk. Uh, Lane Thomas, who I just mentioned, had a went two for four and had a two-run RBI triple. And Riley Adams had uh, went one for four with the RBI single. Uh, the second game of the series was a nine to six loss. Uh, Devin Williams earned the victory for Milwaukee. That put him at two and one. He went one inning, giving him no hits, no runs, two strikeouts, and no walks. Uh, Javi Guerra, oh, uh, was dropped to zero and one. He went a third of an inning, giving up two hits, five runs, four of those earned with no walks and no strikeouts. And Josh Hader earned his 25th save of the season, going one inning, giving a one hit with no runs, two strikeouts, and a walk. 
Juan Soto went two for three with an RBI single. Uh, Ryan Zimmerman went one for four with a sacrifice fly. And Yadier Hernandez went one for four with the solo home run. And the final game of the series with the seven to three loss. Uh, Hunter Strickland earned the victory that put him at two and one. He went two thirds of an inning, giving up no hits, no runs, with two strikeouts, and no walks. Uh, Sean Nolan, excuse me, uh, dropped the 0 and 2. He went four innings, giving up six hits, three runs, with five strikeouts, and three walks. And Josh Hader earned his 26th save of the season, going one third of an inning, giving up no hits, no runs, with no strikeouts, and no walks. Lane Thomas went three for four, and Carter Kaiboom went uh, one for four with the solo home run. Uh, I forgot to mention the upcoming schedule. Uh, I forgot to write it down. But yeah, Milwaukee, this was uh, you know, Milwaukee's fighting for their playoff lives. So, you know, we'd love to get two out of three, but they got one, you know, had a three game winning streak, currently on the two game losing streak. And they uh, start a series uh, tomorrow. Uh, they have six games this week. Uh, I'm trying to remember uh, who they have. Uh, Robbie, go ahead and pull it up. I forgot to write it down. Okay, hold on. I was writing a new command. Let me see if that worked. Uh, Real quick. I thought I wrote it down, but apparently I did not. And the upcoming schedule for the Nationals. They have, I guess, right, a three-game set versus the Marlins, uh, which starts tomorrow uh, in Miami. It's uh, all three games, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, are a 7-10 start. Then they travel to New York for a Friday, Saturday, Sunday three-game series. Uh, Friday and Saturday are 7-10 starts, and Sunday is a 1-10 start. Um, division games, uh, said they're 17 games under 500. So, you know, we mentioned early in the season that, uh, you know, with the West playing as well as they are, there's only going to be division winners making the playoffs for every other division because both of the wild cards are probably coming out the West. And then the Nets are in fourth place. Yeah. Time to get the young guys some playing time and see if the pitching can, you know, salvage something, you know, get something going with the bullpen and the starters. Uh, but as always, we're still going to bring you the best coverage, the best talk. You know, we're just me and Robbie and I know we had, a, you know, other folks, but, you know, like I said, football season's about to start and that's where they are. So, I mean, I would lo- I'd love to uh... – the fact that we got both hurt and Dijanay to do a segment together. So I'm super excited. I'm more than happy to be the only baseball guy to, to trade for that great uh, football coverage to start the show. Uh, Cause we're moving in that direction. Anyway, it's, it's football season. As much as I love the Nats, like I, I'm of that mindset, you know, it's the fall, you know, I'm, I'm ready for games to matter and I'm excited. I also just created a new merch command. If anyone wanted to, uh, get the shirt that I am wearing right now uh, or any of the ones. This one's kind of cool because it's burgundy and gold. And no matter what they call the team name next year or the future year, it'll last because they said that it'll be burgundy and gold no matter what. So that's a, uh, a collector's item. So if you want to check out that or any of our other Mantha Ray merch or, or uh, you know, one of these pillows, you know, the District of Championship, um, you know, you can check out uh, Merch com- uh, Command on 
Twitch, or you can go to sports.thb.com and click on the apparel uh, link there. And I know that uh, Carol's right now got uh, the alternate design, so you can hit him up and inbox him across a million different social media channels, and you can uh, get that in a bunch of different colors as well. So, um, you know, I really appreciate all the people for sticking with us. I know that a bunch of people, you know, check this out on Twitch and people check us out on Facebook. And I appreciate Dujanae for sharing on uh, Facebook as well. And, you know, let people know, because I know that uh, for some reason, unless you pay Facebook to promote you right now, they're just uh, trying to knock everyone else down a peg. And uh, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see the future of this, you know, on Facebook. We are streaming. I would like to... Uh, announce on so many different platforms. Carol, what what were you streaming on uh, tonight? Uh, I'm on uh, Twitter under my Tattoo Scorpio page. I'm on YouTube under my page, Carol for the Third with Three Eyes. And I'm still on Facebook right now, looking to expand the Instagram uh, like we do on At The Bar Radio, streaming live on the uh, on the live feed. You only go for an hour, so you got to restart again. But I'm going to go 151 and, you know, get the find the right program to set that up and get that taken care of. So, yeah, we're going to be definitely, uh, you know, at one point in time, Facebook was our biggest audience now. It's our biggest headache. So, And I, I want to still, I don't, I know we've shot on Facebook a little bit tonight, but we're about to hit 2,200 uh, followers uh, on, uh, you know, Facebook. Um, and uh, so I, I appreciate the people that have stuck with us from the beginning and are a part of that. I just want people to be aware that if they see us in the future, more marketing to other platforms, uh, it's not that we're trying to get away from you. It's just the fact that uh, Facebook is uh, suppressing us and they're, they're trying to keep small independent creators like us down. And uh, so we want to keep our avenues open. I was live streaming this on Twitch. I will put the VOD up tomorrow on my YouTube channel. You can always get either of our YouTube channels or go to sportsothp.com and just click on either CP3 or Robbie G's name and it will go to each one of our channels. I've got a lot of other videos I've been doing, a lot of concert videos the last couple of weeks. Uh, I've been doing uh, a ton of family vlogs and so lots of other content on my youtube channel and carol's got at the bar radio so if you want to check that on his youtube channel um and uh, so there's a ton of stuff coming out i'm looking to do the sandwich show uh with um uh, coming up soon in the next couple of weeks uh i really like davy coming on our show a couple of weeks ago when we were talking olympics and uh so i'm gonna return the favor it's looking like i'm gonna try to get either the first or second week of uh the nfl regular season to talk a little bit of football with him and maybe eat a sandwich or two so uh check out that and uh, uh, I really appreciate everyone for uh, tuning in and definitely check us out on Instagram. I've been posting more on there, including cute videos and pictures of Zach playing with puppies um, this weekend. So um, uh, I, I just I hope that people catch us on all the different platforms. Um, and I appreciate everyone for supporting our podcast. And of course, I will cut this up and uh, pop this on all the uh, streaming platforms uh, later tonight as well so but carol thank you for uh, leading a great football discussion uh i really appreciated uh that and uh i think uh you guys did a great job breaking it down which i appreciate especially because i had my first date night with liz in a, in a couple of weeks so um you know i didn't get to catch as much of the football game but now i feel like i've been caught up to speed no doubt appreciate it yeah working on a couple of interviews i'm still trying to get chase young's mom on the show and just found out that uh somebody i know actually works with jared patterson's father who did an interview during the game and i'm 
trying to work to see if I can get either one of them on the show soon or interview for another day. But uh, be on the lookout. Like I said, we're trying to change the game. You know, we don't have the fancy credentials or the TV studios where we can, you know, get these players and people on like they can, you know, on a regular. So we're trying to do our thing to get some of these folks that's tied in the Washington football team and, uh, you know, get them on our show also to show that, you know, it's not a game. You know, we consider ourselves sports journalists also. I mean, Julie Donaldson just doesn't come on any show. So, you know, when you have a a VP of football operations, believe in us. And I want to say that she came on and gave some strategic advice at a pivotal time, you know, in when they turned around the season after that. So, you know, I, you know, it's, we've had some pretty incredible guests on this show and we look forward to having more of just like her on in the future. No doubt, no doubt. But yeah, we about to get ready to get out of here. I'm in my feed. Well, not going to end it, but you know, I always play some music videos and I have some new stuff coming in soon that we've been getting on at the bar radio. Right? Just haven't had time to upload to my to my laptop yet. So, going to end the show as always. Make sure you go check out the website sportsothp.com or the sportsoth affair apparel that I'm wearing. You inbox me, hit me up, leave a comment. I hit you back and let you know what's what. Uh, stay tuned for more content. Make sure you check out at the Bar Radio Sunday nights around six o'clock, bringing you the latest uh, entertainment news, politics, sports, independent music, and the best independent music videos around. So uh, y'all be safe. Have a good week. And we'll see you next week. Bringing you the best sports coverage around. DC sports about the politics. It's not just a catchphrase. It's not just a motto. It's what we do. Yeah, we'll see you next week.